Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I'm Scott, and I'm happy and honored to be joined tonight by two of the three members of the Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney podcast team. I don't know which order to introduce them in, so I'm just going to go alphabetical. So we'll start with Dean. Dean, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back, and welcome back uh, from your vacation. Thank you. You as well. It's been quite a summer of uh, traveling here. And Nick, yours a little longer than most. True. <laughs> I took I took a four year vacation. Uh, and Nick, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Thank you for having me. And you are headed to Disney. <laughs> you are going on a little vacation. Just a resort stay. For that's a awesome. That's that's great. And uh, as Dean mentioned, Dean and I have been away on vacation uh, for a couple of weeks now. So we have returned. And what we're going to do is do a, uh, a trip report show, but not in the way where we're going to go day by day. We're not going to be doing that. I thought what we would do is just kind of talk very generically about things under certain categories. So we'll talk hotels, dining, attractions, and general thoughts about our recent respective Walt Disney World vacations. Does that sound good to you? Yes, sir. Sounds perfect. First off, as we do... On every episode of Stuff We Love Podcast, let me begin by asking you gentlemen, how you doing? Everything good? Late days of summer, everything going well? I am doing great. Good. It is hot. Nick, Nick was just nodding, and this is not a video podcast. But... <laughs> not a video podcast. <laughs> I thought Dean was going to go first. Oh, I, I'll jump in. I, you know, Scott, I think the last time we recorded together, the Yankees were uh, in third place in the wild card standings and maybe eight, nine games out. Yeah. And, uh, and now they're leading the wild card standings. So my summer has turned for the better. Now they are among the greatest teams. Actually, on Major League Baseball Network today, they were comparing this year's Yankees teams to the great teams from the 20s and 30s. Well, they, they are having among their greatest Augusts ever. Yes, but, hard to uh, believe. Titles are not won in August. For our listeners who are Baltimore Orioles fans, I know it's a rough time for you. <laughs> so Oof. the Yankees are doing well. The Orioles, I don't know what, what's going on tonight. But they are on the verge the Yankees of... Are, uh, Yankees are traveling tonight, so they are yes, not going to lose. To the West Coast. But, well, Dean Baltimore. has one of those um, ticker tape things across his living room, and he gets the scores just uh, constantly rolling around. I, I do, and that's why I, I keep peeking <laughs> off to the right. And I'm not going to get a Yankee update here. I'm actually – I have the White Sox and the Blue Jays on TV right now. Okay, but, uh, what's the score there? That is a 1-1 in the bottom of the eighth. Okay, good game, good game. All right, so let's begin. So, Dean, you went to – Walt Disney World for how many nights were you there? Seven, was it? We did seven nights, yeah. We were in the middle of July. Middle of July, okay. And I was down in the Orlando area for 12 nights. Um, so I, I even laugh as I begin <laughs> to say that because it's hard to believe. And by the way, it's made coming home a little harder than normal. You know, I usually do okay coming home from vacations. I'm sad like everybody is when they, wherever they come home from a trip. But I was getting really used to being there. I couldn't keep it up the way I was doing it with the food or anything like that, but I was definitely in a groove, a vacation groove, and it's hard to adjust to non-vacation. That makes there were some outstanding food pictures. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, those. Honestly, the food was among the biggest highlights of the trip. That's become a major thing uh, on my Walt Disney World vacations. Just where I'm eating, what I'm eating, and so forth. I completely agree. And especially this trip where we were being a little more careful with our park time. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our days were centered around where that meal was going to be that night and a couple of lunches as well. Right. Um, so the food down, down at Walt Disney World is definitely a key part. And as particularly as Disney Springs has grown, 
Um, we sh I feel like we shrunk back to a seven night vacation. We usually go more year route, 10, 11, 12 nights. Mm -hmm. uh, fitting all of my favorites in, plus trying to add new places to eat, that's a challenge in a seven night trip. And I know first world problem here. It's, it's uh, I, I sound a little bit uh, too privileged to be complaining in this regard, but it, it is uh, it, it is growing with options. And I think that makes it um, a dining destination. I agree with you. And, and let's actually start with the dining category. And what I was going to tell you tonight is I was on Facebook earlier today and I was looking at some post in a Walt Disney World group and the post said, how many of you go to Disney Springs when you're on vacation? And I read some of the responses and a lot of people said we go there for at least one dinner. Some people said we go there now for most of our dinners. So Disney Springs itself is really growing as a food destination for more and more visitors to, to Disney World. Um, and certainly for me, that's where I had dinner most nights of the trip, I think. We were at two nights at Universal, and when we were at Universal, we just went to uh, Cowfish over at City Walk, which had a great burger, <laughs> great, great burger. And um, we ate at a restaurant at Portofino called Mama Della's, which is an Italian restaurant. I had one of the best chicken parms I've ever had in my life. That's not an exaggeration. It was great. That's a big thing coming from a guy in New Jersey. It is a big thing, and I have enough experience <laughs> with chicken parms to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to tell you which one is good and which one isn't, but it was a really great meal. Uh, but I wanted tonight to focus more on the Disney World food. So uh, I'm going to tell you one of my highlights, which is not going to be a surprise to either one of you, and that's the <laughs> boathouse. I went to the boathouse. I went to the boathouse twice: once for dinner and then once for lunch. Both meals were great. I didn't really differentiate between <laughs> what I was eating when I was there for dinner and lunch. I had a lot to eat both times, but. For me, it just showed why it is still either the best or among the best in, in Disney World. The um, dinner I had was shrimp cocktail, lobster bisque, filet mignon sliders, crab cake, and baked potato <laughs> with a uh, blueberry lemonade drink. <laughs> it was out of this nice. world. It was great. And the, the service was great. The, the quality of the food was top notch. And then for lunch, I had a lobster roll. And the lobster roll was the, it was the first time I had it there. And if you like lobster roll, it was great. It was cold lobster, not warm. And just so much lobster on the roll that he actually had to eat it with a fork before he could even eat it as a sandwich. It was just so awesome. <laughs> uh, I am, I'm just pulling up photos of dinner just so I can remember what I had when I went to Boathouse. So I figured I'll jump in with our meal. So uh, the day we arrived, which was July 14th, uh, there were storms in the area. And it's a strange phenomenon to get to the airport early because your flight lands early but they won't get your bags out of the plane and that's what happened to us that we were it was clear enough to land but not clear enough to pull the bags off the plane and of course i don't want anybody putting their life in danger uh, but we did sit around the airport for a while and so i called the boathouse directly and told them we were going to be late we had a 4 p.m reservation and they had no concerns at all uh took us in when we got there and it was uh it was among our best meals of the trip and sometimes that's a challenge, like when you travel and our flight's not long, it's less than three hours, but that travel day can just throw you off a little bit. So it was kind of nice to know that we were just going to take it a little bit slower our day that we got there, mm -hmm. check into our resort, which was Saratoga Springs, and then go over to the boathouse. And uh, we had a fantastic meal. Um, we started with the calamari. Uh, they do gluten-free calamari there, which is really good. Um, we had a couple of dips with chip, which was really good. And then I went with the, um, the filet mignon Oscar which uh, is just decadent. It's, it's, it's the, I mean, they do great steaks there. It's, it's kind of one of their, their 
highlights mm -hmm. and um, you know to smother that with a with a I went with the lobster Oscar which is really not Oscar at all because Oscar's crab but this was lobster on top got the boiled potatoes my wife had a chicken dish that she was really happy with and uh, my son got gluten-free mac and cheese which he was over the moon about he said it was uh, among the best mac and cheese he's ever had gluten-free or not mm -hmm. um, so cocktails were great it was it was very crowded for uh, what ended up being a 445 seating I think we were just a little, maybe even 430 we we're just a little bit late uh, from what we had booked um, but it was it was very popular restaurant very busy um, but great service, uh, great cocktails, and, and a great way to start, end, or have during the middle of your trip. Yeah. Is it for had, you? Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I had never heard of the uh, filet Oscar or whatever it is until Dean sent me a picture like a month ago or something. Now it's my life mission to go. Got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I will, uh, I will remind you of that picture. Oh, yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. That's my new life goal now. That's a great food choice there because they're obviously known for their seafood. And Dean, like you said, they're also known for their steaks, which is one of the reasons why their hamburgers are so good. And I'll tell you, the filet mignon yeah. sliders, the waiter pointed out that it's a steal because if you don't want to spend the money on a filet mignon, you get a good amount of meat by ordering the sliders. You get two of them on these soft rolls and it's served with, I think it's served with a, uh, with fries on the side. It is considered an entree. I don't think it's considered an appetizer, although I had it as an appetizer. Uh, <laughs> it was it was really good. And what was uh, the highlight of your meal? The highlight of my meal. If I had if you had to pin to one dish, one 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 thing that you had, what was the highlight? Lobster roll. Yeah. Lobster roll because it was unexpected. I like lobster rolls, but I'm not crazy, crazy about them. And for this, I was just so happy with it. I'm I'm gonna be at the boathouse in a few weeks when I'm there for my Halloween trip. And I'm <laughs> I'm debating getting the lobster roll. Is it uh, what 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 are they called, Dean? Uh, is it just mayonnaise or butter? I don't know. My yeah, I'm sure there's a something style or a something style. I, I don't know the terms, but yeah, I, when I see the one with mayonnaise, I think of that as lobster salad. So if I see lobster salad roll, I would think there's mayonnaise in it, and a lobster right. roll, I would I would tend to assume it's the butter style, which is the right style. Yeah, the uh, only kind I I ever had was the one that was covered in some kind of creamy mayonnaise and i did not like that but okay the other version that sounds amazing and i might have to go over yeah. and get that <laughs> you put put that on a roll with lots of butter and then the butter soaks up into the bun and it's yeah it's decadent it's amazing it is decadent that's the perfect word to describe the uh the boathouse lobster roll <laughs> i was just looking it up it's also 30 dollars. is it really <laughs> yes. i forgot about that <laughs> Um, anyhow, Dean, you give me talk another... about how much the filet yeah, Oscar donut, is. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, give me another food highlight for you from your trip. I'll give you, uh, I believe it was our next night's meal. It might've been two nights later. doesn't matter. Um, but also at Disney Springs and that's Raglan road. Uh, and so Raglan road, we had uh, friends of ours had, uh, had joined us on vacation. They came in two nights, I guess it was two nights later. Cause they came in on our, what would have been our third night, um, was their first. And we all went to Raglan road together. And, um, you know, I, anyone who's heard me talk about Disney food before knows I love Raglan Road, and they didn't disappoint. They came through yet again with another fantastic meal, great entertainment, um, you know, great, great service. The uh, the burger there is different than it used to be. Uh, so I, I used to rave as this being the best burger on property, and they've removed the tomato chutney, and it now has bacon, and so they've made the best burger on property better. Uh, so it is still the best burger on property, and now it has bacon. Bacon is good. I went there too. And I, the bacon was, I thought among the best I've had on that trip. 
Yeah, they, they make really good bacon there. And um, so you got bacon and then you finish up with the bread pudding and the cocktails throughout. It was, uh, it was, Boathouse was fantastic. Not knocking your boathouse, but Raglan Road was my favorite meal of our great. vacation. That's a great choice. What did you drink? Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, um, I went with the old fashioned, which comes with, guess what? Bacon in it. Um, so that was fantastic. But wow. I did have uh, I did have a beer along the way and then also had a coffee drink at dessert. Okay. So right. um, then I mentioned we were staying at, at uh, Saratoga Springs. So it was a walk back to the resort. Sure. <laughs> Might have had two old fashions. Just, You've just been to Raglan Road, right, Nick? I have. I've been there um, a couple of times. It's been several years, but I remember the fish and chips were great. Fish, yeah. My wife had fish and yeah, chips. Yeah, the, they were great. Can't go wrong with that. I almost always order fish and chips when I see it on the menu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of fish and chips, there is in Orlando. I saw this on TikTok the other night. I dropped that to be current, by the way. <laughs> what is this picture? Is that the old fashioned with bacon? Wow. That's the old fashioned with bacon in it. For our oh, listeners, James now showing the old fashioned with bacon. And and there is the burger. Yeah, that's wow. something else. But the uh, the chef Gordon Ramsay opened up a fish and chips place by the Ferris wheel, the Orlando Eye. And I gotta say, it oh, looks really good. good. It's not oh, a waiter service. Yeah, that's but, gotta be good. Yeah. Um, he has a fish and chip place at the links in Vegas, and I've eaten there. It's really good. That's good to know. If you because if, if you're vouching for it, then I'm definitely gonna check it out for when I'm there in Orlando again for my next two year trip. I've eaten at two of his restaurants. That was one. It was like a quick serve fish and chip place. And the other was a sit down pub that um, I think I paid $50 for scallops. And there was four little scallops in a broth. That's rough. And, and I left hungry. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> but that actually is a good segue because I'm going to give you now another food highlight of my trip. It was not something I ordered, but my wife ordered the scallops at Narcusi's. And mm. they were not small. They were, they're probably only four or five scallops on the plate, but they were giant scallops. I mean, scallops for me is, a, is sometimes a risky thing to order because they can go very quickly and you find yourself yeah. done with your meal pretty quickly. But here at Narcusi's, they were enormous. And, uh, and <laughs> Dean is not showing a picture. We, we also went to Narcusi <laughs> and my wife also ordered the scallops. So I do have that picture you, as well. You do every podcast together. <laughs> You talk about dining <laughs> options. Did you guys uh, subscribe to the same touring plan? No. <laughs> In fact, I accidentally took a video of the scallop, so you can let's see if it'll start over for you. No, it will not now because it's being fussy. You can get the live action of the scallop yeah. getting plated. Yeah, that didn't that didn't work very well, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> fantastic meal in Narcusi. How'd you guys do there? We had a great meal. We started off with a cheese plate. It was the first meal when we were in Disney. And that was great because to go to the Grand Floridian, is that the cheese plate? Yeah. We also ordered the cheese plate. <laughs> cheese plate. <laughs> we should have just vacation together, Scott. You missed it we by three weeks. We could easily vacation together. It'll be, <laughs> there'll be no issues with the food, that's for sure. But um, the uh, when you kick off your Disney World dining experiences at the Grand Floridian and you walk into that hotel and you see the lobby, it's just a great way to start the trip. And... Um, I had the filet for my entree over at Narcusi's. I had an old fashioned as well, which was extremely strong. Um, It was quite tasty. And then uh, did not have dessert of what we ended up doing that night. Actually, I'll save that for a little later in the show because that's among my attraction highlights. But uh, I loved it. I had been to Narcusi's many years ago. I had not been there recently. And for me, 
you know, if I was there for five nights, I may not go there, but certainly an extended trip, 100% on the list. It is uh, quickly has fallen into tradition to be our closing restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, so we go there on our last night. And yeah. um, again, you'll hear me mention a lot of gluten-free stuff, but my, you know, we, we got gluten-free calamari there, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. They brought out a, a whole bread plate for my son. And then when we got the cheese plate, she said, well, I'm going to take a few extra minutes. They're going to hand make you some new crostini that are gluten-free. Wow. And they were like, they're, they're his own personal crostinis to go with it. And then he got, um, what the heck did he get? He got sweet potato gnocchi, uh, which were oh, fantastic. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great meal there. Um, that is my favorite dessert on property, actually. They have a, an almond cheesecake that comes oh. with cherry. And it's weird because I'm a chocolate guy. So usually right. if it doesn't have chocolate, it's not dessert. This dessert, uh, I will go to every time. So good. I don't remember that, but that's good to know. I'm for the next time I'm there. Uh, I'll also note that Narcusi's. Wow, <laughs> every every meal choice that we're talking about, Dean now has a photo <laughs> on hand ready to show. It um, helps me remember what we ordered, so I'm just scrolling through the pictures as we go. And you know, I, like you, Dean, we were pretty cautious with everything going on in the world. And even though it was indoors, I found Narcusi's very comfortable to to eat at because high ceilings and the tables were well spaced apart. I had no concerns at all. It was very comfortable. Yeah. And, and if folks haven't been there before, when you go in, well, it's, it's the octagonal shaped building that you see when you're on the ferry going to magic kingdom on the left in the water. So you got that beautiful water setting. And then inside the building, when you go into the restaurant, it's not two levels, but there's sort of like two circles going around with tables and the inner circle is elevated. Mm -hmm. And so we were in the inner circle and there was plenty of space between our table and the ones in front and behind it. And then being on the elevated level as opposed to the lower level made us feel even better. Right. So I had no issues uh, being inside that, that building. Nick, have you been to Narcusi's before? I've never been. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Like but I said, I had were amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. And the roles they bring you beforehand are great. And I'm very happy, Dean, that they really... So, Nick, I, I went with the uh, steak and salmon combo. That's beautiful. Um, so that's my steak and my salmon. It was fantastic. And you had that, salmon on vacation. That's that gets you points. That's yeah, actually the healthy. restaurant that he said he was going to, and I built my own meal plan uh, from the menu. Those, are, and I those think, are loaded mashed potatoes. The amount of cheese and bacon and deliciousness in those mashed potatoes. I'm sorry, Nick. I cut you off there. You made yeah. a meal plan based I on my a, meal. I, <laughs> I didn't know that. The menu and I had. I picked out two drinks, an appetizer, some sides, the main course, and uh, dinner. And I think the total came out just for me for what I had picked out was um, I think it was like one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> that that sounds about right. Um, and I'll, I'll just show you one more picture, and I'll describe this one for the listeners, Scott. So yeah. this was the dessert that they made for my son, and those are gluten free brownie balls on the side. With uh, it's like an ice cream sundae with banana th uh, underneath ice cream. You got sprinkles, a little chocolate sauce, and then uh, gluten-free brownies. It was it was really beautiful. Good. That's beautiful. So I'll give you another food highlight of mine, and that would be Wine Bar George over at Disney Springs. This is a place that I had been once before, and I remember liking it. Here, I was an even better experience. We ate outside. We overlooked Gideon's and Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. It's located right in that area where if you I guess kind of emerge from the Lime Garage. It's walking distance. I'm so, yeah. But anyhow, uh, we had a few appetizers for the table. We had meatballs, which were served on top of what seemed like a polenta. 
Uh, we mm-hmm. had burrata, which was out of this world. And I think we ordered, oh yeah, a hummus plate with uh, little slices of non bread, which I'm not a hummus fan, but my wife is, and she loved it. Um, then great. for the entree, we had one of the plates for two, although it could probably be for three or four, which is their skirt steak in chimichurri sauce. It was just so good with roasted potatoes. And uh, everything about that meal was perfect. My wife had a glass of Riesling. I don't think I had a drink then. I think I just had a Diet Coke. Uh, but it was a great atmosphere, and we uh, we loved it. It was this, it, not cheap, but very high-quality food. Limited menu. I, I would recommend it in a heartbeat, except for the fact that the menu is kind of limited. So I know that bothers some people. Uh, but for us, it, the so menu was here's what kept us from going. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you out there. Here's what kept us from going, and, and, and you told me a little bit about this, but worth talking about here. Um, we weren't sure how it would play out for our son because not, not for gluten-free issues, just for being a child at Wine Bar George. Mm-hmm. But you were obviously there uh, with children. So how did that work out? What were the options? Did the kids like it? Yes, they had, um, they had a kid's menu. I seem to recall that the kids had chicken nuggets or chicken fingers, and it was served with, I guess, fries or something like that. So there were options on the menu for kids. And also the meatball appetizer, they serve you three meatballs, Mm. which for an adult may not be big enough for an entree, but for a kid could be, especially if you have something on the side. So it is not the same as going to a place like the boathouse or narcosis for kids. Those places I would say are easier to go to, but for wine bar, George, I think it's an okay place for kids. I'll note that there were tons of kids there at the restaurant more than I would have expected. So um, that's good to know. I think it could be pulled off. It's not the perfect choice, but it could be done. And looking, I'm looking at the menu. They have hot dogs, mac and cheese, meatballs, and chicken tenders for kids. Oh, that's the, that's great. That's even bigger. The than reason I the reason we haven't gone is I was told it's it's better if you're with a, a bigger group because most of the plates are yes. shareable. So if you're just one or two of you, you're you know. It's not as good as if you have a larger group and you can all split and share. And I agree. And now, now that I'm thinking about the fact, my wife and I had that whole steak by ourselves. Uh, <laughs> but but that's a vacation thing. Quite frankly, it's not the type of meal you'd have on a regular night of the week. It was we were treating ourselves because it was vacation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the plates are they do tend to be bigger, particularly the entrees. Not so much the appetizers. The appetizers are very traditional size, but the entrees are are larger. Because uh, there's that, and there's one other place at, at Disney Springs that um, it's always recommended you go in a larger group. It's the um, oh, it starts with a J. Um, Yalea? Jack Lindsay's. What? No, not Jack Lindsay's. The, the Jose <laughs> Andres place? <laughs> yes, the Spanish place, uh, the top is yeah. Yalea or uh, Jaleo, if I'm saying that. I'm not sure yeah. if I'm saying it correct. That that's another one of the places where it's a bunch of small plates, and it's better if you go in a group because you can all right. Share. I'm sticking with Jack Lindsay's. Go in a group to Jack Lindsay's. It's better. Well, of course. <laughs> Dean, while I grab a soda here, tell me another food highlight for you. I will uh, I will take you to one of our lunches, although you alluded to one of our food highlights, but I think we'll talk about that one later. Um, we went to lunch at Skipper Canteen. And uh, Skipper Canteen for us is a relatively, I mean, it's a relatively new restaurant period, but it's relatively new for us just just in our last couple trips. But it is quickly, uh, I will say, without hesitation, the best place to eat in Magic Kingdom. Um, and it's, it's quickly, and again, there's not that much competition, uh, but it's, it's become one of our favorites. And um, 
yeah, the, the the server this time I think is uh, maybe as much a highlight as the food was. Uh, she was fantastic. Um, you know, the, the theme here is that the skippers from the Jungle Cruise have opened a restaurant, or you know, they're they're kind of working the restaurant, and she did a good job of giving you that Jungle Cruise feel without being uh, like tacky. Yeah. or cheesy so it was really good um but the food was great the, the food was uh, uh not a lot of changes in the menu from last year which i think is, is necessarily not not a bad thing right they, they got some good items and they continue to serve them uh it's one of the few places in magic kingdom you can actually get a little bit of spice in your food um so if you like spicy they will dial it up for you which is nice uh and it's a nice break uh it's without having to go back to a resort or leave leave magic kingdom a nice place to get off your feet cool down and have a delicious lunch what was your entree? I went with the pad thai. Um, and my wife got the taste like chicken because it is. <laughs> Nick, what have yes, you had? Yes, that there is the name case? of the dish. <laughs> I had the pork, whatever the pork dish. It has right. a funny name, too. I can look I, it up. I hear great things about that that restaurant. It is really good. It, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be since it was in Magic Kingdom and most of the restaurants there are just okay. Out of curiosity, what is your well? We're, we're going to record a Magic Kingdom dining show at some point, or did you guys do that when I was away? What was the one that, that you did? We haven't done that one. No, yet. no, we're, we're we have not done it yet. So I'm gonna I was gonna ask you a question, but I'm gonna save it for that episode. But um, Skipper Canteen, I've not been there, but I definitely want to go. It uh, I've heard nothing but positive things, and I've seen YouTube vlogs where they go there and it looks good. It's called the Hardy Hard Char Soup Pork. Okay. It's uh, if you like pepper, it was very peppery. It's covered in pepper. I'm failing on finding these photos for you guys, so we're gonna have to go without the uh, non-visual visual podcast. So is that the chicken. Let's see. Yeah, that looks yes. Good. It's all. Yeah, it's the, really good. It's the picture Disney uses to promote the restaurant. Now I'll I'll give you a. Uh, I can't say I was surprised by it because I had heard good things about it, but I just didn't see it. Didn't really know it would be this good. And that is Splitsville. There was one night on the trip. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but for whatever reason, we hadn't had dinner. We didn't have a reservation and it was getting late. Could have been like 9.45, 10 o'clock. And we went over to Disney Springs and we didn't eat inside. We ate outside at Splitsville right next to the M&M store. And I had something very simple. I had a Caesar salad and buffalo chicken tenders. And I know that's kind of run-of-the-mill stuff, nothing unusual, but it was so good. And my wife had sushi, which she said, now get ready for this, guys. She said was the best sushi on the entire trip, better than California Grill, better than – there's one other place we had – oh, in uh, in the Miami cowfish. area, she had sushi one night. What's oh, that? No, not, not cowfish? We had We had a Philadelphia rolls and appetizer at cowfish, which was good. It was good, but not not as good as Splitsville. And not, that wasn't as good as California Grill. Um, oh, Splitsville, no, uh, cowfish was not as good as California Grill. But Splitsville, the food was great. And I think if you're looking for traditional sports bar type stuff, go there without hesitation. Really good place. And Dean, I know you're a fan of Splitsville. Completely agree. I'm. I often uh, wonder sometimes when you make a strong recommendation for a place, if folks either, you know, will, will it'll fall short of expectation because you oversell it or if they just don't have as good experience as you. So I'm glad to hear that you guys enjoyed it because it. we didn't go this trip, but uh, I would never hesitate to send someone to Splitsville, whether you want to bowl or not. 
Right. Yeah, we didn't bowl, but uh, had a great meal. Nick, have you been there, Splitsville? I have not, but I've heard the sushi is really good there. Yeah. And now, now I'm going to be debating where to go when I'm there. <laughs> Tour between Splitsville and Boathouse and try to figure out where to Raglan. Can't go wrong with any of those. I'll probably just go over to the uh, the pizza place just to torment Dean with the uh, oh. Florida pizza. <laughs> no, pizza ponte. <laughs> pizza ponte. As long as you don't go to City Works, you'll be good. See, I heard so many good things about it. And then you said you were I, 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 ha- I, I have to try it again. And Scott, I don't know if we're staying only on highlights, but a, a low light of our trip was actually City Works. It, it just, I, and again, maybe because I read the menu and, and some reviews, I had it really high up on my mental list of where I wanted it to be. Right. Um, it was actually kind of a comical scenario at this point. Uh, the friends that we were with, uh, the, the husband really wanted nachos. And we kept going places that in previous menus had had nachos. And we kept getting like chips and salsa, chips and guac, um, buffalo chicken dip. Uh, and so the City Works menu that we looked at online literally that day was showing their like nachos grande. And we got there and the woman said, no, no, that's only at our, I think it's their outside like takeaway window that they'll serve the nachos. Uh, inside it's buffalo chicken dip. And it was a good buffalo chicken dip. I actually, that was probably the highlight of the meal. Right. Uh, but it was just really funny because he was dying for nachos and we kept falling short. Of course. He couldn't have walked outside, got the nachos and came back inside with them. Well, that's what I told him. I'm like, if, if it's, <laughs> if they really only give them to you at the window. And then she told me as I, I'm like, why can't they do that here? And she goes, well, she goes, honestly, the one at the window, all they do is they spread the nachos out. They pour the buffalo chicken dip on it and then they'll spray some like sour cream and stuff on top. <laughs> so even then it's not really nachos, like traditional nachos that you'd expect. So would you not go back there? Is it fair to say? Uh, so I always want to give a place at least two tries. Um, so I would go back again to try mm-hmm. it again. Uh, if for no other reason, they had like 108 beers to pick from and I only had two of them. So I got 106 to go. <laughs> so uh, um, it's it's the type of atmosphere that I want. It, like it's a place I would enjoy. It's a sports bar atmosphere. So I, wa- I want it to be really good. Um, so I want to try it again. Right. They were frazzled when they couldn't figure out how to seat our table, even though we had a reservation and like at one point, like five different servers or or greeters walked by us and didn't talk to us. It was not a good start. Uh, The service really didn't pick up from there. And the food was just okay outside of the Buffalo dip or Buffalo chicken dip that I thought was actually good. Not a comfortable experience all all around for the most part. Wasn't great. Wasn't great, but I will give them another try. So what's a, what, Let's each, I guess, mention maybe two more highlights. What are what are two more highlights for you from the dining? Uh, gotta talk about Nomad Lounge. Okay. So I had not been to Nomad Lounge before, uh, which is somewhat surprising because I talked about the place before and I've never been there. Um, <laughs> and we knew Nomad opened at 11. We were at Animal Kingdom at Rope Drop. Uh, pro tip, don't wait till 11 to go over there. Go over at like 10. Um, a, they might take you in early, which is what we found out they had done that day. They had started seating people at 1030 and B, they will put you on the wait list to buzz you back. So by the time we got there at 11, the wait list was calling us back at 1215, uh, which was fine. We were going to do it for an early lunch. So we ended up doing it for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything there that we tried was outstanding. Uh, it's a nice atmosphere in there. It's, it's, it's it was calm. Um, it, it felt 
I mean, it's Animal Kingdom, and I always think Animal Kingdom is a little bit quieter of a theme park other than like the nature sounds. But it felt nice to be tucked away in a pretty quiet, calm atmosphere mm -hmm. um, and having just fantastic snacks to eat. It's great. And it shares good, the good drinks different too. kitchens, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple things from Tiffin's you can get off the menu. Um, and then, of course, they have their own menu, which uh, I don't remember exactly what we ordered, but everything that we tried was really good. Um, also, uh, not not an inexpensive endeavor, even though it's a lounge and you feel like you're getting a couple of small bites to share. Although I did get a, like a tuna poke bowl, so I had like kind of a full lunch. Um, it was definitely uh, not cheap, right. but it was, it was worth it. It was really good. I've never been there. So you've been to a couple places on your trip. I, despite what people may think, <laughs> we did not coordinate perfectly. <laughs> I had to have a good spread of overlap plus a couple of our own unique to talk about. Yeah, I've been there, but I didn't get anything. <laughs> That's a good way well, to save money, Nick. Yeah, we, we <laughs> walked in. Um, the lady said, sit wherever. And we sat down in what looked like really comfortable um, chairs and a couch in the corner. And we sat down. And the minute I sat down, my back started hurting. I was like, I don't know what's up with this oh. chair. Right. And the uh, server came over and, I, and he said, you, you guys know what you want. And I was like, I'm going to have to move. This chair is really hurting my back. I said, he said, oh, and I said, um, I was about to ask him what his, where his station was or, you know, something like that. And he just went, OK, good luck and turned around and walked off. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, oh so we got up and went over to like they had a long table with high chairs. So we got on there and sat there and that and my back was feeling better. We sat there for. 10 minutes and no one came over to us. And so then yeah. we just left. So I don't know if they decided because we wanted to, because we moved out of his station, he wasn't going to get us any help or didn't want to help or what. But all I had to say was, you know, I was going to ask him where, where else the station was. We would, we'll, we'll stay with you. Just, I need a different chair. Yeah. This chair is killing me, you know, but he just, he just took off. He's like, all right, good. Bye. <laughs> just left yeah, it's interesting. They were definitely seating people when we were there it was not a like come in sit where you want it was very structured they had you know they were the whole place was taken by reservation basically you know by, by put your yeah, name on the was, list we were there there was maybe three other groups in the entire place it was not busy at all um and they, just, they had I no guess, orthopedists on staff no <laughs> i know i was like where's the uh, is there a chiropractor in here adjusted. <laughs> well uh I'll give you for my next highlight, Topolino's Terrace, right? That's Topolino's Terrace, it's called, right? There's Terrace in there? Mm. Yeah. Over at the so. Riviera Resort. Uh, what I will say about this place is, first of all, the views are spectacular. It's on the 10th floor of the hotel. The last night of my trip, we were staying at Riviera, and I got unbelievable photos of the sunset, just memorable photos. Uh, the menu is very limited. It makes Wine Bar George look like a, the biggest menu in the world. Uh, like Cheesecake Factory. Like Cheesecake Factory, exactly. <laughs> but um, the menu Topolinos is limited, but everything that we had was great. I had a filet for my entree. My wife had lobster over linguine. And we had a ricotta cheese appetizer and a gnocchi appetizer, which was served with duck. Mm. So really unique, high-quality food. Uh, very, it was, it, was, it was very expensive. Uh, but I enjoyed it very much. We were at California Grill the next night, and I personally liked it more because the menu was bigger. You had more options. But Topolino's only because it is a new place. 
I thought was awesome. So I, I would go back there at the very least, just for the views. The breakfast, you can get yeah, $42 awesome. quiche. $42 quiche. That's Ooh, a steal a flat, for that. It's a flat price of $42. I, um, we went to uh, the Riviera and I asked the lady, it was around three o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, can we go up to Topolina's? And she's like, sure. And we got on, uh, went over, she goes, the elevator's over there. We get over to the elevator. There's a big sign that says, uh, like, close till four or something oh. like that. Because <laughs> they, they, they close between breakfast and dinner. So you can't yeah, right. go up there when they're closed. But I guess she didn't know that they couldn't go up between those hours. Now, I, I don't know which quiche they serve there, but they used to do a quiche at uh, Be Our Guest restaurant for breakfast. And the quiche was something in the neighborhood of like $20. Yeah. And it was identical to the one they served in France. Uh, if you go over to France for breakfast and at France, it was $7. Right. So that's one, uh, of, that's one of my hacks. Go to France for breakfast. You can save money. France Homemade pinchata. What is it? Uh, roasted potatoes, fr- field greens, lemon vinaigrette. It's quality. That's what's in it. Or you eggs. Pay for the atmosphere. Two, two eggs, any style, with a, a, your choice of bacon, ham, or sausage for $42. This mm-hmm. is a flat fee for breakfast. Wow. Or go to your local diner and you get it for yeah. six ninety five or less. <laughs> You'll get the view, though. The Waffle House isn't on top of the Riviera. <laughs> be cool if it was, by the way. <laughs> be great. Yeah, that's not, that'd be interesting. Dean, give me one more food highlight from your trip. I'll, I'll give you one more. And this was a meal that we actually ate in our villa. So um, we wanted to try some of the, and I th- I, I'm assuming this is new to COVID. And I don't know if it'll stay, but more and more of the places down at Walt Disney World are doing takeout. And you can order on the app if you want to, and then go pick it up. And so we were staying at Saratoga, but decided to order from Animal Kingdom Lodge. And when we were there, Animal Kingdom Lodge was not open yet. And so um, it's been a while since we've gone to Sanaa. So my wife and I did a takeout order from Sanaa. My son really wouldn't eat much off that menu. So we ordered from for him from Mara. Mm-hmm. And I went and picked up his at Mara. And then we got back in the car, drove over, we had a car, uh, drove over and picked up from Sanaa. And both experiences of picking up were very seamless. Everything was great. Uh, uh, the food was fantastic, but I'll highlight that walking through animal kingdom lodge when it's only open because dvc people are staying there it was a little bit eerie like it wasn't i mean it's never fully lit in there but it didn't have the buzz that it normally did right we're there about 6 15 6 30 in the evening boma is a ghost town you know because the place wasn't open Jico wasn't open the staff was behind the check-in counter but there was like two or three people working and they weren't working with any any uh patrons or anything so it was just quiet and weird and a little creepy and uh yeah walked through went to mar grabbed his food seamless back to the room and uh, and we had a fantastic meal together right. another place where see the first time i went to sana the first two times i went to sana we tried to get him to dial it up a little bit with the spices and and like you know we're used to pretty authentic i guess american indian food i don't think it's really genuine indian food but what you'd expect at an indian restaurant um, and so when you're down there, it's not quite the same kick. Uh, but I thought this time they did a really good job with it. I don't know if they're just being a little more liberal or mm-hmm. if uh, putting notes in the order helps or whatever, but it was really, really good. It was, um, e- even though we had to bring it back to our room and put it on our own plates, I think it was the best meal we've ever had from Sana. Okay, that's great. Did, were they standing behind the counter at Boma just to tell people they were closed? <laughs> I didn't see a soul down there. 
which is interesting. Yeah, it was, um, there was nobody down there at, on that floor at all from what I could tell. Uh, and the pool was, I can't tell if the pool was open, to be honest. There was nobody in the pool. Um, yeah. But it, it, there were at least cast members kind of milling about outside. Um, but it, again, it was just a, it was just a strange, I mean, you're so used to, you know, Disney World and being there with, you know, hundreds of thousands of your closest friends. Yeah. And so to be there with nobody, you know, it felt like nobody walking through the Animal Kingdom Lodge was, it's a cool experience. I, I took a picture of Boma completely empty at 630 in the afternoon. It's interesting, Dean, because when you were talking about the hotel being kind of deserted, I was going to say that if the pool was open, that's a pretty big pool. I would imagine you could basically have the, the yeah. pool to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, if it was ever deserted like that over at the boardwalk, you start thinking about like The Shining or something. Right. Well, these Dean, those are all great dining uh, experiences for you. I'll conclude by just mentioning, uh, let's just say one category, which would be desserts. I just wanted to quickly mention the places I got desserts. We got Gideon's, where there was no virtual queue. It was a walk-in, 15-minute wait, not bad, 15, 20 minutes. Ghirardelli. Can I just contrast that with my my Gideon's? was a three-hour and 15-minute Three hour and 15 minute quoted wait uh, got called back in about three hours, but it was mm. a legit three hour wait. And it was amazing, right? It was amazing. It was worth it was worth the wait. Um, we're so good that our friends went back the next day and got even more. <laughs> That's so, great. That's great. It, it can impact your luggage weight, by the way, if you start bringing Gideon's home. Sure. You pay the luggage fees. <laughs> the uh, so uh, Ghirardelli was another one. Amaretz had a really nice dessert. And um, I like Amaretz. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, and I guess there were other places, too, that are escaping me. But those were just some of the highlights. And Gideon's was a big one that was brand new for us there. And we had a great time eating back at the hotel room. We picked it up and brought it back to the hotel. So uh, loved it. All good food experiences. I didn't have one bad dining experience on the trip. That's not an exaggeration. Literally not one. Yeah, I mean, we even ate at Planet Hollywood one day, and, and it was pretty good. So, like, again, City Works would be the, the low light, but it's not so bad that I wouldn't try it again. Sure. But I agree with you. Everything was, uh, was going really well. Lots of great It's meals. almost like we have some Disney experience to rely on. When uh, Did you have a breakfast that stood out? The macadamia nut pancakes at Kona were really good. Mm, yeah, those are always good. The last time I went there and I got those pancakes, I thought, ah, this isn't as good as I would have thought. We tried it again this time because I didn't want Tonga toast. It was just too much. And I had had, I'd had a lot of eggs already on that trip. So I want to get the pancakes. Hadn't had a lot of pancakes. They were 10 out of 10 phenomenal. So that kind of reinvigorated yeah, my love of Kona for breakfast all, in particular. Were you just all the dining experiences at Disney or the whole trip? Uh, certainly were, at Disney. Every, <laughs> so let's see on this four year journey, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> That uh, no, 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 I would say nature attack you at one of those restaurants. Well, in the Miami area, there were one or two that weren't bad, but were not what I was expecting. Uh, but again, really good. Uh, yeah, no, but certainly all the Orlando area experiences, whether they be the universal places, oh, Voodoo Donuts was another dessert place as well. Great, great donuts as always, but um. In the Orlando area, everything was perfect. Wouldn't have changed a thing. There's actually a Voodoo Donuts here, but it's positioned on, um, like, in the it's in the middle. It's like um, to the uh, you know the uh, 
southbound streets on one side, the northbound on the other side of it. And the drive-through can only hold like two cars. So the one time we went over there, it was about 15 cars in line. So they were basically just taking up one row of the uh, street leading to it. And uh, we parked at a bank across the street and walked over and stood in line for, I think, a half hour yeah. to get donuts. That was when it first opened, but I haven't been back yet, but I need to go back. So you have a drive through Voodoo Donuts near you? It's, it was, it's the first Voodoo Donuts with a drive through Wow. But literally, there's only room for two cars, and then it spills out into the street. Wow. <laughs> That's dangerous. I'm not talking about car. I'm talking about just from a food perspective. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> wow. I have a picture of that drive through. Maybe I'll just add two more desserts to your list, Scott. Absolutely. The, uh, Go ahead. The the uh, the plaza. We had a lunch there, but uh, really the I mean the food's fine, but you really go there for the ice cream sundays, and they were good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, at studios, um, my wife was on a mission to get Jack Jack's Nom Noms. Oh Are yeah, you familiar with Jack Jack's Nom Noms? Yeah, the, the cookies right by Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, and and to call it a cookie is like really underselling the size of this thing. It is like a full on mini cookie pie. Mm. Like it is a decent, I don't know what the actual measures are. I'll call it like four to six inch diameter, relatively like deep dish-ish type cookie. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it was, she was so excited about them. She got two. So that was, that was yet another one that ended up back in our villa and in the refrigerator for a couple sure. of days. And <laughs> it's awesome. But good, good food all around. Uh, it sounds like we, our overlaps uh, were consistent and the ones we each tried on our own were really good. Happy to hear that because that's a that's a key thing for our trips, where we're eating and so oh, forth. May, may, I don't know if this is going to come up, so maybe I'll just mention it here. Tell me if I'm I'm misdirecting the the show notes here, but uh, we probably should mention the fact that we were both down there during Food and Wine Festival. Yeah, um, that's a great point, Dean. And I'm embarrassed to say this, but I actually didn't try anything for Food and Wine. Oh wow! I didn't, and I know just that's a shame. just didn't work out, or you know what it is. Um, we had so much food at our regular meals that I wasn't that hungry. And I, when I'm walking around Epcot and it's very hot outside and I'm drenched in sweat, I just sometimes don't feel like going to a food booth. I don't blame you. And we were there on opening day of food and wine. Yes. And going then was maybe not the best plan. Uh, it was very crowded. Yeah. Um, so it, it got very busy, but, uh, we did try a couple of things. I tried the Kahlua pork sliders, which are always a fan favorite. We had a cheesecake, which was very good. I got this apple tea that um, that was a spiked apple tea. That was really good. Okay, that's great. Uh, and a couple other things along the way. So, you know, I thought food and wine held up. I'm going to be, when I'm there in October, more of the booths are going to be open. And I am going to be at Epcot. So I thought when I'm there, then I'm going to try a bunch of stuff. They're open now. More of the booths. Yeah, they opened the other day. And That's I have, I sent three pictures. I have like nine pictures of the Voodoo Donuts in Houston. And I don't have a single picture of the donuts. <laughs> I well, just noticed there. that. I'm looking at your pictures. Anyhow, um, the next topic I wanted to talk about, I don't have as much to say about this as I do the dining, because here on the show and on Butter and Bacon, we spent a lot of time talking about the individual attractions 
So I'm not going to, you know, people that listen probably know what something like Big Thunder is like. But I did want to just talk about some attraction highlights. If there was anything that stood out, I have a couple of things. But uh, Dean, I'll, I'll start with you. Anything stand out for you? So I have been going to Disney pretty regularly since 2000. My first trip was in 2000. Went in 2003 and got married. And there's been a year or two here or there since 2003 that we haven't gone. But we've definitely averaged better than a trip a year over the last 20. So it's been a long time since I could go to a Disney theme park and have three new attractions that I've never ridden before. But I had that experience uh, this trip, which is fantastic. And I'm talking about Rise of the Resistance, uh, Smuggler's Run, and Mickey and Minnie's, Mm -hmm. the railway. Um, You know, I think, again, we talked a little bit about building up the hype and whether it lives up to it. Star Wars Land is a place I need to go back to and explore more and be able to enjoy more. Um, I think a little bit of the COVID stress and the heat and the crowds just made it so I couldn't do quite as much there as I wanted to. Um, But that said, it's a brilliant land. We really enjoyed it. My son really loved it. He's he's at a great age now being 11 that he's really getting into Star Wars. He wants to rewatch all the movies, which I have absolutely no problem doing with him. Um, and so he was into it. Uh, they do have some pretty expensive uh, souvenirs down there. We didn't do any of those, but um, you, know, you can build your own lightsaber, build your own droid. And uh, man, that kid did his research because he knew about both of those right away when we were walking into the land. <laughs> Uh, we were very successful at boarding pass. So um, I can't remember. Oh, I think we we're like number seven or number nine. We were, we were right great. first thing in the morning. Um, so did smugglers run. I almost hurled, uh, jumped right over to rise of the resistance. Again, people that don't know what they're walking into. Like I did no spoilers on that ride, hmm. but what I did know and I don't think this is a spoiler. What I did know going into it is that it was more of an experience than a ride. You know, this is not your new um, Velocico coaster, or the hell the thing's called over at the yeah. at Universal. Uh, this is not the this is not a new roller coaster to go ride. This is not a new. Um, I mean, it is new technology, but it's not some like cutting edge thrill ride. This is a Star Wars experience for Star Wars fans, and it doesn't disappoint. Sure. So if you go into it with that. Um, I think you can really, really appreciate the attraction. And I could all, and I think this is a cheesy cop out, but if you took all the Star Wars away and you just changed the theme, if you made it all Toy Story, that'd be an amazing Toy Story ride. Right. If you took away Toy Story and Star Wars and you made it all Marvel, that'd be an amazing Marvel ride. So take whatever the concept of the theme is out of it and just talk about the ride mechanism and the way that you move along and get the experience amazing amazing attraction right it's not like you said it's not not a ride it's it it is an experience and you know i i get a couple questions from people about how bad is the drop because there's a little drop at the end when you're in the simulator and i tell them it's not bad i mean i don't like drops i'm not a drop person at all and it's really for me at least it was it was nothing i didn't do it this trip because Long story short, I got a boarding group and when I was about to board, it shut down for technical difficulties. And, <laughs> you know, that's unfortunate. But I, I have been on it once yeah. before and I found the drop to be not bad at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, now, I do think that Smuggler's Run is kind of an intense ride. You if you're a motion sickness yeah, person guy. Yes. If you're someone who gets affected, by, and I am to a point, um, I had to look away a couple of times. 
Uh, it was quite funny. I was one of the pilots, and I definitely like let go of the stick and turned away because I thought I was going to hurl, and the, the ship kept flying. So I'm not sure how much influence you have on the score. I think you do have some, um, but there was definitely some times where the, the machine took over. So the people uh, on but, your uh, ride for motion, for Millennium Falcon Smokers Run, they had a pilot who has motion sickness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That probably wasn't their best experience for them. Um, thankfully, half the crew was my family. So uh, the other the other family that was with us, uh, <laughs> they were just a little, they were in the back seats. They, they didn't get to drive the ship. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was a good ride. Uh, and then then we got to Mickey and Minnie's. And, you know, this has been hyped up a bit as this is Mickey's first themed ride, first attraction in, in the U.S. Um, and again, I did no spoiler, so I didn't know what this was going in now maybe part of me is a little bit nostalgic for great movie ride. Cause that was my favorite attraction uh, at the studios for a long time. Um, I don't think Mickey and Minnie's because it's a runaway railway fits the title of the attraction. It's a good attraction. I, I didn't feel like I was running away on a railway though. Um, mm -hmm. There's some cool technology in that ride. Uh, I don't know if you want to give away too many spoilers, but there's a particular re uh, room where uh, Daisy shows up and Love I that, thought that was really, really neat. Love that. Uh, there was a very awkward delay before that started to the point that I was wondering if something went wrong. You um, had the delay. I thought something did go wrong. So you had the delay too. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So did um, I. I guess so, nothing's yeah, wrong. Yeah. It, it was long enough that you start to wonder like, did it just break? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a fun ride. It's a fun attraction. I'm not knocking the attraction at all. I just, I think I was hoping it was going to be a little bit more runaway railway style. I know it okay. wasn't going to be a coaster by any means, um, but it, it was cute. Nick, have you done runaway railway? I have. Yes. I really liked it. Um, it's, though I did have the same thought as Dean is it, this isn't really what the name implies, but it's fun. And have you done rise of the resistance since uh, millennium Falcon? Yes. Which we, one uh, you, good. Which one do I like better? Rise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid question, by the way. Me and um, my <laughs> wife were there and we had a boarding group. It was like 50 something and they were on 40 something and we had dinner reservations and the ride had broken down early in the day. So they were really delayed on their boarding groups. And my wife went back to the resort to get ready for dinner. And I went over to the guy and I was like, is there any way you guys are going to get to 57? And in the next, you know, like half hour, 45 minutes. And he's like, I don't think so. I said, well, I got dinner reservations. And he said, how many of them are you? How many in your party? I said, it's just me. And he let me on. So, wow. That's yeah, nice. so I got to, That's really I got nice. to ride it. Yeah. And it was, um, it was, uh, by the way, year. don't tell that to the folks behind Genie Plus, you yeah. know, the premiere version. No. <laughs> uh, well, I had the boarding group. I did have a boarding uh, a group, but um, it was um, in August of. 20 so they were doing the, the height of all the COVID stuff so i was basically on that thing by myself because wow. you know in the first part i'm by you know i'm in the corner away from people and then when they do all the other stuff i was basically by myself the entire time that's amazing uh breaking news scott yes the losing streak is over orioles won orioles beat shohei and the angels 10 to 6 wow my friend was at that game Wow. If he's an Orioles fan, he's a happy camper right now. He is an Orioles fan. But uh, it was your uh, wishing wishing them well that did it. I guess so. <laughs> they knew we were doing the show. They wanted to win for the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, the one thing I'll Cal say, Ripken's guys. Cal a uh, stuff we love guy. Who is? 
don't know if, I don't know if you knew that. Cal Ripken Jr. is a stuff we love fan. He, he, he tells he tweets about it all the time. He loves when you guys are on the show. But um, <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I had two attraction highlights. One was my first time going on Mickey's Runaway Railway. I didn't think about the title not matching the attraction, although now that you've mentioned it, I, I do hear what you're saying. I was blown away by it. I loved it. I really had a great time on it. I thought the technology, like you said, was stellar. And that Daisy Duck Room was awesome. Um, I found that there was some great gags in there. Great gags. And I feel like there's so much stuff because I went in no spoilers as well. And I feel like I've missed a lot of stuff. So I'm eager to ride in the future and just look at everything. There's so much to say. I completely agree. We uh, when we went, we stood in line for almost 40 minutes. And then it started pouring. Everyone left. So we almost we got off and we were able to just walk right on the second mm-hmm. time because everyone scattered. Right. <laughs> it oh, wow. started raining. But yeah, there's a lot of great gags in it. And um, I was talking with somebody and I was saying, I wonder how easy or hard it would be for them to just switch that over to a Halloween uh, or Christmas overlay. Right. On that right. Do you guys like the the newer Mickey cartoons? I do. I do oh. too, but I prefer the old. I mean, See, my, I say I do. I've probably watched four of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've probably seen all of them. My son really likes them, so this was an exciting one for him. It was, you know, to to see the cartoon sort of put to work in, uh, in an attraction. And I agree, it's 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 a good attraction. It's it's got a lot of fun technology. I definitely need to ride it a half dozen more times because I think there was sure. a lot to see. There is a lot to see. Except in the Daisy Room, there's nothing to see. That was awkward. No spoilers. (laughs) But um, the other attraction highlight, I'll throw it in the attraction category, is I went to the first night of Boobash. And those who have listened to this show and Butter and Bacon know that I've talked about after hours events before. After hours are the uh, evening events after the park is closed during regular hours. And it's open to a very limited crowd. Most of the attractions are walk-on and there's free ice cream and water and soda and popcorn and stuff like that. There's been a lot of coverage of Boobash. There's not much I can add to it except to say that it truly is an after-hours event with Halloween components. They have certain characters dressed up for Halloween. There's Halloween theming. A lot of the same lighting that is used at Mickey's Not So Scary is used at Boobash. It was weird to be there on August 10th when it's the hottest days of summer and you're there for a Halloween yeah. event. It didn't take away from the evening. It was I felt like it was a like a Halloween preview, if anything. You know, you're getting a preview of what's to come in a few weeks. But as a fan of After Hours, I loved it. And um, it's not cheap, but I'm not in Disney World all that often where I felt okay paying for it because it's not an everyday thing. And uh, I saw a little bit of the Halloween stuff, but I mainly used it as an opportunity to get on the attractions very quickly. Rode uh, Big Thunder something like three times in one night. Uh, longest wait I had, I don't even know. It, it not more than five, ten minutes. Uh, we the longest wait I saw was Mind Train, which was 20, 25 minutes, which for that is unheard of. Uh, yeah, I'll contrast long. that with the day we went to Magic Kingdom and rope drop Mind Train. Yeah, and instantly they had a posted sign of seventy-five minute wait. Yeah, see that's that's yeah. not good. And I saw something like that with Slinky Dog, where it just opened up and it was an eighty-minute wait in no time, minutes. Yeah. Now, would you do the the Christmas one at the $170 to $250 range? Um, well, 
I'm going again to Bubesh in a few weeks. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm, I, if I recall correctly, the Christmas one is much more money than Bubesh, right? There's a, it's it's between I think the cheapest is one seventy and the most expensive is two fifty. Yeah, so I didn't pay that for Bubesh. Um, it's an hour longer. Yeah, and there's the full parade. I always have a tough time kind of answering questions like that. Would I would I do that? Because here's what I would say. Um, I've seen people spend money for things like a Broadway show where they'll spend hundreds per ticket for something that lasts two hours. And I, I wouldn't do that, even for something like Hamilton, which I know is you know, a crime to say, but I wouldn't. And I know people who have. Um, I can't say I wouldn't do it, but it's not something that jumps out at me. If I was only in Disney once every few years, I would say, and I had the money to spend on something like that, I would be more inclined to do it and, and treat that as a Magic Kingdom day. Versus a Christmas party. Versus a Christmas party. That's my take on it. But so it's a tough question to answer. Um, I would pay. I, I feel comfortable saying I pay one seventy for it, because um, you know in the tri-state area here, people spend one seventy to have horrible seats at a Yankee game. It's just you know. <laughs> but would I spend something like two fifty? You never know. I'd spend. <laughs> look, I spent. Uh, at Splitsville, <laughs> I don't even remember what that check came yeah. from. <laughs> um, I can tell you this: Narcusis cost more than two fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I feel I that think it's the, all context. I, I think it's context yeah. of your trip, right? If you're someone who really wants to be there for the Christmas stuff, and that's important to you, and yes. the time uh, in Magic Kingdom is important to you, it's worth the value. If your mindset is the only thing they give me are shorter lines in the parade, and I don't care that much. Then go to Magic Kingdom. You still get the decorations. So you know, the, they don't take it down on Main Street every day and put it back up for the party. Right. So it's really about how I think it's about how long you're there on vacation, and just the value that you assign to that experience versus is it different enough for you to to be worth it? Like I think I would. If I knew my son and my wife would want to stay for the whole time, and you know, was it like seven to midnight or something like that? I think it's to one. I think it's nine to one. Nine to one. So if if my family would would stay up and we could do this thing from, they probably do this whole thing. You know, let you in a couple hours early, like they usually do on those parties. So if I'm getting seven to one out of that, I'd do it. I know my family, especially, <laughs> believe it or not, especially my wife, not my son. Um, we wouldn't make it much past ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Hmm. Uh, we, we might tough it out to 1130. And if I had to walk away for, to the last, from the last 90 minutes, and that's where Scott you know, talked about the rides are walk on at that point, because yeah. a lot of people do try to do the parties. I don't know how it'll be with, with this, this year's party, but the old parties, uh, particularly Halloween, you saw a lot of younger families, there, younger kids. And so they're there right away. They're doing their trick or treating They're 7 PM. And by like 930, you start to feel the crowds lessen by 10, 1030. It's really quiet. And if you stayed for those last 90 minutes, you feel like you had the park to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's a good value for some people. Right. So I wouldn't say no to this. I would probably really, again, depending on the context of my trip, long weekend where I can sneak this in and I know my family's going to stay up for it, I'd do it. You know, it's funny you say that because we did the Halloween one and the Christmas one in 19 and the Halloween one was just a part of the law of a long day in the parks and stuff. And I think 
an hour into the party, my wife went back to the resort. <laughs> and the Christmas one, it was just a weekend. We were down there for a weekend. You know, that was the only thing we were in the parks we were doing. And she made it through the entire interesting Christmas party. Yeah, something I think that the Christmas party has going for it is that it is known for being the busiest time in Disney, the month of December around the holidays. So it does cost more money, but you know you're paying for something that'll give you, if you want it, much lower crowds at the Magic Kingdom than you normally would get. So that that could be worth it for a lot of people. And if not, then maybe the $20 Lightning Lane for that ride is worth it instead. Right. Good way to incorporate Genie Plus in that. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, those are attraction hot. Go ahead, Nick. I wonder if uh, the Genie trip planning part would work during an after hours event, tell you where to go. Go do this. Uh, go get the cookie here. Now go get on. A... <laughs> uh... Nick chased me around one of those parties, you know, Scott. Yeah, I did. He kept running away. This we uh, we kept we kept the Christmas party. we kept meeting up and then not meeting up and then meeting up again and you know it was a good time. It was fun. I'm jealous of that evening. I I think I would do the up to 200. I don't know if I'd go over 200 for one of those. Events. Right. Something tells me Genie Plus is going to be recommending to all guests that they yeah. should go to that party. <laughs> the, well, and that's one, one of the problems. What does a sold out one of those parties look like? You know, mm-hmm. because that's where I think that's where they run into some issues. They've really upped the price, so they better have really lowered the headcount. Because yeah, we've been Halloween to a Halloween party, party that was crowded. Yeah, Halloween party was crowded. This this was not crowded. I had a photo pass uh, photographer take a picture of me, or, or memory maker photographer take a picture of me in Tomorrowland, and it's. One of my favorite Disney photos from any trip. It's, it's like no one's there, which is really cool. Um, See, and that th- there's something to that. That's worth it. It's you know, in in the old days, when it's like an old guy now. In the old days, uh, you'd get where uh, the extra magic hours would stay open. You know, a couple hours past park closing. Right. And in the summertime, the normal park hours would be one o'clock. Right. So there were days that you would stay in the park till three three a.m. And then the next morning, extra magic hours would open at like seven or eight. Those are the you know, prime Michael Eisner the, days right there. Michael Eisner. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was what you got at the parks. Just saying that's you that could get awesome. 18, 19, maybe even 20 hours of a park being open in a 24 hour period. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember in 2010, we went to, uh, they had the uh, magic. King was open till one or two and on our trip and I, the wife and kids had been, went back to the resort and, um, in that, just from like 11 to 2, I did like every ride in Magic yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. I think I did Space Mountain like three times in a row because it was just a walk-on. I just would circle back around and get back on it. Those are some of the best days when you could be there at those hours. And, and I wish they had that. I really do. You just got to stay at the uh, Grand Floridian to get it. Now. Right. You got to stay at the Grand Floridian in a uh, four-bedroom villa. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, guys, you, you up for another few more minutes? I know we're running uh, long here and it's uh, it's it's almost the, the midnight hour. But are we, are we up for a few more minutes? I'm good. Yeah. Good. Because I saw some yawns. I got nervous. What's our next topic? <laughs> next well, I've, topic. I've been yawning okay. since 6.30. I'm only yawning because <laughs> Dean's yawning. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's definitely my fault. Uh, I, I did uh, I did break through with my first fall beverage at Starbucks today, though. 
Would you get the new apple so, macchiato drink? No, that, that's going to be my next time. I got a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, yeah, that's right. You sent me a picture. Because it is, because me, it is August, by the way. So Let me know how that apple one is. I want to know, too. Yeah, if I, if I get there tomorrow, I'm going to grab one tomorrow. I, I'm not sure I'm going to like it. In my brain, apple and coffee don't go together, but uh, I don't know if I had a piece of apple pie and a latte, I'd be very happy on, sure. on dessert. So maybe they do go together. You get the cold. You get the cold brew or the hot. I went with ice today. I, I'm an iced coffee guy pretty much year round. Nice. Every now and again, I'll get a hot drink, but I would I think like apple would be better. better hot. It could be. I think apple would be better with brandy in it. That is true. Go to Raglan Road or bourbon. Yeah, at, at Narcusi's, I, I I had no experience with old fashions. I asked the waiter, "What is the most traditional? Like, bring me the most traditional one." And he brought it. He says, "I made it extra sweet for you." I took one sip of that thing. That thing was loaded. I had my wife take it. She almost passed out on the floor right there. <laughs> it was it was one of those Disney uh, moments. I um, had two of them at the at the our Narcusi meal, and one, one of them was the I think I got one was the the Jack Daniels one. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the other one was, but yeah, those those were good. Do you like Jack Daniels or Crown Royale more? Yeah, depends on the day. I probably go lean more towards Jack Daniels. Yeah, not not the popular answer. I don't think. I think more people would say Crown Royale. Nick, I think I've only ever had them with Jack Daniels. I've well, ever the, had a... Crown is they're the same type of drink, right? Same thing, right? No, they're not. What am I saying? Now I'm losing it myself. Oh, I thought we were just going over ice with this uh, question. <laughs> Crown Royale is, yeah, it's whiskey, and, and, I, and I believe, and I believe it's Crown Royal. But now you got me saying Royale. <laughs> Royale. <That's>, I still <laughs> always Royale spell. with cheese. It's a. <laughs> it turned into a James Bond movie. <laughs> 007 in Crown Royale. Like <laughs> podcast day. <laughs> You know, we're yawning, it happens. No, uh, yeah, no, Crown Royal is a whiskey. I, I feel like it's a little different Crown style Royale. whiskey. But. A couple more things to talk about, Dean. Uh, tell us about your hotel experience at Saratoga Springs. So I went into Saratoga Springs having stayed there once before in my life. It was over a race weekend in 2011. I ran the marathon and we stayed there. And I was think I think that trip we were there maybe four nights, uh, but very focused on the running events part. And I preface that by saying we didn't get a chance to really appreciate the resort. And so I've always had it in my head that like, eh, not much going on at Saratoga. Um, but this time being there for a full week, not distracted by a race event and spending more time in the resort than normal. Uh, I actually think it's beautiful there. I really like it. It's huge. Um, it, like to the, It's so big to the extent that we were staying um, over near Disney Springs. And our friends were staying at the same resort and they might as well have not been at the same resort. Like I literally drove over to pick them up at their room one time. I can't remember the names of all the sections. Uh, Nick's going to have to help me out with that. Uh, I think I was in Congress Park. Is that correct, Congress Nick? Congress Park, yeah. And they were as that's far away from Congress Park as you get. What's the one that's closest to the Treehouse Villas? That is, is that Grandstand? Grandstand. That's where they were. I mean, internally, you know, it was a five to six minute drive to their room. Um, I think if you do the walkways, it doesn't, it's not as bad you can kind of get decent cutovers, but um, it's not an, it's a negative. If you're asking for a negative, like, Hey, this isn't a cute quaint resort. Like this is not French quarter. 
um, Saratoga Springs would eat French Quarter and still be hungry. So it's it's a it's a very big place. Um, but the re you know that's like if you made me pick a negative, that's it. Uh, I actually we ate at Artist Palette a couple times. Uh, I, we had good breakfast there. It was fine. I mean, it was food court breakfast, but it was breakfast. And again, yeah. ordered ahead on the app and all that kind of stuff. Um, if I had a negative, uh, other than what I mentioned, it's that the um, turf club wasn't open and that's right. not their fault. That, that was more of a COVID thing. I wish we had a chance to try that. Uh, but the pools are great and, and it is pools. It's multiple. There are four pools plus a pool over at the Treehouse Villas. Uh, two of the full pools have a, a um, like feature slide. So it's like they have two main pools and then two quiet pools. So uh, lots to do. They have um, they have some swing sets. They have some kids activities, uh, movies by the pool, like all the good stuff. They have lots of good stuff going on. Right. Uh, so great resort. Uh, I would recommend deciding what your focus is for the trip, and that's how you should request your section. We were focused on being near Disney Springs. We had at least four meals down there. Um, so I wanted to be as close as possible. I wanted that view over the water, and that's why we stayed at Congress Park. If your focus is to be at the pools or be in the main building, uh, there's other sections you can pick. And if you're looking for a golf excursion, uh, our friends that over the grandstand, they were right on one of the golf holes. So, uh, you know, that, that that's a different way to do it, too. Dean, I can't recall if you, you said it, but how long did it take you to walk over to Disney Springs? 17 hours. <laughs> um, I, so there's, there's two answers to that question. Frequently, we were walking as a group of six, uh, and that included the speed of a, an 11 year old, the speed of two best friends that hadn't seen each other in a while, mm. um, and pushing a stroller for a four year old. Then there was the walk when I went by myself to go get Gideon's. Yeah. So, you know, now I'm solo walking and I'm motivated and I'm on the phone with you while I'm doing it. Right. I remember that. <laughs> so, so that was a pretty quick walk. I, I would say you can get to the heart of Disney Springs if you're trying, you get there in, in under 10 minutes. Not bad at all. Uh, the, really, norm, the normal yeah. stroll over there was probably closer to fifteen. So okay. if you want, if you want Dean, if you want to really motivate Dean, offer him cookies. Right. While I'm talking to Scott. <laughs> talking um, to Scott part was key. That was key. We were game. We were game planning cookies. I think, if I remember correctly. We uh, look. I am happy to talk Gideon's anytime with anybody. So feel free to write to us. <laughs> um, yeah, Saratoga Springs. I've never stayed there, but I've been on the property before. I think. As I'm saying that, I'm questioning it, but I'm, I'm eager to stay there. I'm, I, I'm glad you had a great time. And uh, as someone who loves Disney Springs, it's a, that's a major draw to the hotel. When I was at Disney Springs, there was, yeah, I was going to say, I, I was able oh. to see it. It's so close. Yeah, it, it needs to be a reason of why you stay there. Like if, if, if someone tells me, hey, Dean, you know, we're not sure where we want to stay, but we're really focused on, you know, our, our kids are, are five and eight years old and we want to spend a lot of time at the Magic Kingdom. Don't stay at Saratoga Springs. Right. Like, go stay at Wilderness Lodge, right? I mean, if, if you're looking for, I mean, obviously stay in the monorail loop, but we're being a little bit cost conscious. You know, go stay at Wilderness Lodge. You're still close by, a little less expensive. But if like, hey, I, I'm excited to try some new bars. I want to try out the restaurants. Uh, I want to golf. Like, yeah, go stay at Saratoga Springs. It's, it's not bad by bus to go to too many places. It really isn't. We had the car because that's what we do. Um, that was partly motivated by COVID as well. I just figured less public transportation, the better. Sure. Um, but you know, with a car, you're getting around Disney property pretty quickly. Yeah, I we did take out an Animal Kingdom and we brought it home. I didn't have to microwave it; it was still warm, so it it didn't take long at all. Yeah, I've stayed there four or five times. I've been to three of the five districts or whatever they call them, and uh, I love it. I love that resort. What would be I, your preference on a district? The Grandstand, the one that's closest to Disney Springs. 
that's the that's no, con- the Congress Park then. Or Congress Park, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Grandstand's one you don't want. That's the one that's, that's all the yeah, way. Yeah, that's the, the farthest way. Um, but it's also equal distance for these those to the main one that yeah. has the sp- I think it's springs that has the uh, food court and everything in it. Mm-hmm. The carriage house. Yeah, we had a great time there. I mean, just hanging out by the pools. And again, like I said, there's two pools that have featured slides. Um, they all have pool bars. If you go to the main, main pool, you're right by the, the carriage house. You can pop in and get snacks if you want or go, go get full meals, uh, you know, do artist palette and bring it out to the pool. Uh, they had, um, you know, plenty of lifeguard staff in the pools. They had uh, activities during the afternoon, you know, little swim activities and, and uh, coloring activities, all sorts of stuff going on. It was, it was really a, a fun place to be. Yeah, they have like... Um the quick serve in the carriage house. They also have like one or two pool bars that serve food. And then mm-hmm. they also have um, another quick serve right off the golf course. Yeah. The, um, uh, the Chippendales. Yeah. Chippendales. Some, yeah. Some, some with Chippendales in it. Yeah. My son really wanted to eat there. I was trying to explain to him, like, it's, it's just like, you know, snacks after you're done golfing. It's a quick serve yeah. place. But he likes Chippendale, so he was just mostly excited. So we, I took him to go see it when we went to the pro shop. Good clothes in there, by the way. I know there's enough there that I think it's worth going to if you're close by. I'm not sure if it's completely unique stuff. Like you can get some of the Disney golf stuff at the Disney store at Disney Springs, but um, you know, good good collared shirts and high quality uh, shirts and t-shirts, hats. Um, you know, markers, tees, like if you're a golfer, even a, I'm a hack golfer at best, uh, you know, but, but it's fun to buy the stuff. My, my son bought a, a, a club head to cover his, uh, his hybrid. So he's got a little Mickey uh, sock for one of his clubs. Now mm-hmm. it's fun there. Fun, fun store. Yeah. It's a nice store. Well, that's awesome. Um, I, like I said, I hope to stay there on a future trip. Uh, for me, my two hotels in Disney, I stayed for a few nights at the Four Seasons, which I had never done before. And I had never, not just at the Disney Four Seasons, I never stayed at a Four Seasons anywhere. And I must say that it it was probably the greatest hotel I've ever stayed at in my life. I'd been there before to have dinner at Ravello, which is an awesome Italian restaurant on the property. I encourage everyone to go there. That was actually another dining highlight for me. But um, when you're there, it is true. I, I would say you really feel like you're not in Disney World. It doesn't have much of a Disney feel except in the gift shop where they sell some Disney items. But it's just absolutely beautiful. I, I can't even really describe. If you go to our Instagram page, you'll see some photos that I took on the trip. And it, you might as well be at one of the world's most beautiful resorts, which it probably is, actually. And uh, they have a great lazy river, which kind of is like a ride. It's not just a river that you float on. They have fountains and jets and everything they have a splash pad which is not just good for kids but good for adults it's enormous and then they have a traditional pool which is an infinity style pool they show movies by the pool in the evening and it's a type of thing where you pull up to in a car and immediately you're surrounded by employees opening every door in the car for you and you're drunk and everything you need uh you go to the pool Immediately, they have someone prepare your chair for you, put towels on the chair, get you ice water, and then someone else takes your food order if you're, if you're eating by the pool. Uh, it's just a well-run – as someone who's a fan of hotels and likes seeing the way they operate, and I'm kind of fascinated by that, it's great to see it. Um, to give you an example, I think I told you guys this, but I can't remember. 
uh, we were having breakfast at Ravello. They, that's where they also serve breakfast. And just accidentally, one of the busboys dropped a tray of plates and they shattered and came very close to actually cutting me. They've literally pieces of the glass ended up right near my body. And it was an accident, you know, it's, stuff it's like that. Very happened. dramatic. <laughs> very dramatic, very dramatic. But anyhow. I'm picturing it in slow motion. Yes. I was calm about it. I really was. I didn't say a thing. I didn't, you know, it's an accident. The manager of the restaurant came over a couple minutes later. What did he have in his hand? A plate of bacon. It was, it was amazing. It was fit of, you know, fitting. And he's like, I saw what happened. And I saw that you've ordered bacon and that you're running low. Here's some bacon. Is there anything else we could get for you? And the waitress brought over fresh squeezed juice. It was just like they went out of their way to deal with the situation. And Disney does a great job with stuff like that, too. I mean, you see stuff like that at Disney resorts. But it was just the Four Seasons is a different level. Um, so that was where we stayed a few nights. And then we stayed at Riviera Resort, which I'm going to give a plug now for Dean. You helped us book that Adventures Out There Travel. And um, as always, you were phenomenal. An inspiration. Much appreciated. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we, we actually, we, we skylined it over to, just to see the grounds because I had never been there before. Oh, really? Okay. Did you, what did you think? Uh, the small check-in area lives up to your description. Yes. Um, but it, it's it's very pretty there. It's nice. I would stay there. I, I liked it quite a yeah. bit. I, I want to get more familiar with it. And, you know, we, we kind of literally, you know, popped over there, walked around, saw the pool, saw, uh, you know, the other resort across the way and said, uh, let's get back on the skyline now. So, Did you yeah, go downstairs um, and check out the bar? No, we didn't really spend too much time there. It was more, to be honest, the, the it was more about riding the Skyliner than it was about exploring uh, the resort. Because when I want to explore a resort, I want to spend a lot more time there than what we had. Um, we were meeting up with our, you mentioned the travel agents, we were meeting up with our co-owners for dinner that night. Uh, we didn't want to be late for them. So we, we had gotten to uh, the boardwalk area, hopped on the Skyliner, drove that far turned around came back and uh didn't uh previously not mentioned we went to um big river grill and brewery oh. uh, as another dining excursion it always food keeps coming up can't escape it, it. always does it always does Was the, that good? Uh, what's that Nick? Is, is big river good yes uh not this time but it is good it's an interesting answer i'm taking that in <laughs> no, it, it was fine. Um, we had a we, let's see, we had a table for seven, and um, the food was fine. the The beers actually are not great for being their own brewery, but the beers are fine. Uh, the server was just not into it, you know. So hey, he's a human being. He he was having a bad day, um, but he I don't think he liked that. Like we were a table of seven. That's all I could come up with. Like I don't, I don't know what it was against us. He just uh, he didn't get. For for a bigger party, you tend to get a little bit more attention, you know, like uh, they're, they're going to check on you a little bit more. You might even get two servers staffing a table like that. Um, and I think he was just a little overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. it was it was fine. The important thing on a, a time like that is I haven't seen Justin and family in a couple of years now. So we just wanted to catch up. So it didn't really matter if it took 40 minutes for appetizers to come out because we were going to hang around and talk anyway. Um, but if I'm being super critical, like from a, how the restaurant go, the, the service was a little below par. Mm -hmm. Wow. Scott, I have to say that all I can think about now is the, the lazy river. 
at the Four Seasons. Oh, it's something else. It's something else. It's interesting, Scott, to hear you talk about the Four Seasons because when people are critical of Disney pricing for the deluxe resorts, yeah, they often say, if you think the Grand Floridian is a deluxe resort, you've never stayed in a deluxe resort before. And the Four Seasons is clearly a world-class deluxe resort. Yeah. Um, and and what you described is, I mean, I think if a tray of glasses shattered at you at the Grand Floridian Cafe, they check on you too. Okay. But the Agreed. going Agreed. to the pool and having them like find the chairs for you, bring you towels, direct to your seat service to get your first round of drinks or whatever snacks you want, you don't get that at the Grand Floridian. Yeah. Um, or any Disney resort. It's in a way hard to describe other examples where you felt that service at the Four Seasons. But when they bring you your food, there were three people bringing you the food, calling you by your name, the name of the family, uh, which was really cool. Um, sometimes at the hotels, not really the Riviera, but other hotels I stayed at on my trip, you'd call the front desk and no one would answer. If you needed extra towels, you call housekeeping and get no answer. Um, at the Four Seasons, there was never any issue and everything was done on the iPad. They had an iPad in the room and you would pick up the iPad. There'd be a chat feature. You'd send a message. Now, whenever you do that, you always think it's going to be a long way to hear from someone instantaneous. Okay. You need towels and washcloths. How many? 10 minutes later, there's a knock at the door. Um, that type of stuff. And uh, the room was beautiful. It's a regular room. Uh, the bathroom was great, separate tub, separate shower, which you get at a lot of Disney places, including the Riviera, for example. But it was um, it is a different level. And, you know, me, I love Disney hotels. I love the Riviera. I, I'll, I'll talk about it a little mm. more in a second. But the Four Seasons was like <laughs> I, I, I really it, words can't adequately describe it. it. I've stayed at some nice hotels like on my honeymoon. We were at a beautiful Hyatt resort in Aruba, which I thought was one of the most beautiful places I've stayed at. And that was in Aruba on the beach. To me, this knocked it out of the park better than that hotel, uh -huh. just to give you an idea. Uh, and it's conveniently located right near the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> so uh, you have to go there. It's it's, it's quick, quick, quick drive away. Uh, the Riviera Dean, like you said, the check in area is very small. The gift shop was very small. That for me was a negative. Not so much the check-in area, but the gift shop, because I like going to gift shops. And uh, you could be done with the whole place in three minutes, probably less, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, the Riviera, to me, the strong selling points for it are the rooms themselves, because they're newer, they're cleaner. Very nice, very modern. The quiet pool, I thought was great. The main pool was a drawback. I thought it was kind of small. And uh, I know it's outside, so the COVID risk was lower, but the one day we used it, it did get very crowded and uh, we decided to call it quits just because it was really crowded. Um, the, it's a, the grounds themselves are beautiful where you get the Skyliner, there's those famous uh, fountains mm -hmm. and you got the Tangled stuff and the Peter Pan all through tiles with tiles. Uh, that was really neat. Good staff there as well. Love the view from Topolino's. Topolino's is good. The quick service place was great. The bar. I didn't go to the bar, but I heard that their burgers were great. Just an interesting side note. And um, location-wise, you can't beat it. To be able to hop on the Skyliner and be at Epcot and Hollywood Studios in no time. It's, it's really maybe one of the best hotels on property, if not the best from a transportation perspective, just for that alone. Um, I loved it. I, I really did. Despite the smaller, the fact that everything is compact. 
And the, even though the yeah, lobby they, is small, it is the opposite of Saratoga Springs, right? They, they don't have the benefit of sprawling grounds there. Agree. Uh, but they, the, they, they yeah. take advantage uh, the best they can with the way they did what they did, I thought. Yes. Yeah. So, Dean, like you, yeah, we had a car. So, what would happen is we'd come back, let's say, from Disney Springs in the evening. We'd park our car, we'd walk in, we'd be in our room in three minutes or less. Um, everything was compact and easy to get to. And even though I traditionally prefer hotels with large lobbies like Animal Kingdom Live, something like that, it didn't bother me here because the hotel itself was so modern and clean. And that was a big deal. So I love both Four Seasons and Riviera. I'd stay at both again in a heartbeat without thinking twice. It's uh, a DVC resort, right? So you had, what, what, what size room did you have? We had a one bedroom villa. So you had a full kitchen? We had a full kitchen and we ate there uh, for breakfast a couple of times. The place in the lobby that serves coffees and uh, pastries was great. It was just great. We had the cinnamon cold brew. Oh, so good. Sounds good. I had a peanut butter cold brew. At Gideon's? At Gideon's. I'm I, I mentioned that for Nick's benefit. Saturday. You should get that, Nick. You're going you're gonna to like that Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. Nick, you better text us. With photos of every meal you I'm have. I'm fully expecting line, photos. In line, ordering now, enjoying, finished, back I'm in ex- line. I'm expecting a selfie <laughs> with the cast member. The cast member. And I, I guess the one other thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, to, uh, Dean, this was for you and for me. I guess this was your first trip there since 2019, right? This was our first trip since summer of 19. Yeah, we had two planned last year. Right. One Disney World, one Disneyland, and canceled both. Yeah. So I was there for a conference in January 2020 before the world really shut down. But what was it like just being back there, a place that means so much to you after, and, and not having been there for a while because of everything in this crazy world? What, what did it mean to you, and how did you feel? For the most part, I think we were, I don't know the right way to phrase it, maybe distracted somewhat by the hypervigilance of COVID. I like to avoid people when I'm at Disney World in a non-pandemic environment. So when you're in a, in a pandemic and you want to be super careful, my son is not old enough to be vaccinated. My wife and I both are. But even with that, Delta variant was starting to get publicity in July when we were there. Much more prevalent in the news when you were there. So you yeah. probably had an even bigger concern about that than I did. Um, we went into it with the mindset of like, you know, we've taken day trips here, but we have not been on vacation in two years. And so we're very privileged to be able to go away, uh, to be able to be with some friends, to be able to have a few outdoor meals, to be able to just kind of take in time together as opposed to the, what feels like constant work of the last two years. And so with that mindset, it was fun and relaxing. Um, But there is such a specialness to that first morning when we woke up and we went back to the magic kingdom and we walk under the train station and you get right to the edge of main street and you just kind of pause and you, you know, the, it was, it was very, um, very movie-esque, you know, the sun is beautifully shining that day. It wasn't oppressively hot and humid. So like just standing out there and, and I swear there was a cold breeze at one point, like it was just like that perfect. And that was the moment like that was the whole trip the moment that you wait for mm-hmm. um and then you you know you move on with your day and you realize oh wait there's somebody right next to me trying to take a photo pass photo but for that <laughs> moment it was beautiful uh so 
I was excited to go back. I really was. Our flights were very good. Uh, we did do Southwest down and back, had no issues with that. Um, so, you know, that was one of our concerns was just the traveling and the actual getting there. Uh, but very, very uh, safe crew uh, on the flights. Everybody was in mass. Everything was very uh, detailed that way. Um, and so it's just, yeah, just being away was, was important to us. Um, but I, I look forward to my next trip when I can maybe relax a little more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when that will be. Um, I have a feeling there'll be a trip before I can relax a little more. <laughs> so uh, there's there's some discuss. We have a new airline. I don't know if you guys have heard of a Velo airline. I never heard of them before. No. Uh, but they're a. I think they're certainly new to Connecticut. I think they're a relatively new airline overall. Um, but we actually have multiple airports in Connecticut. Most people only think of Bradley and you fly in and out of the, the people call it Hartford. It's actually North of Hartford. People fly in and out of Hartford all the time. Uh, there is a, a full airport in New Haven called Tweed, um, but they tend to not do longer trips or bigger planes. And so this company Avello is coming in and they're putting some money into Tweed airport and they're going to have limited runs and it's not even seven days a week. They're going to do the flights, but they recognize that flying to Florida is a pretty prevalent need in the Northeast. And so they're going to have flights from New Haven directly to Tampa, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, and one other, I forget which, but there's four Florida destinations. And, you know, new and trying to generate business, we can get round trip flights for like 100 bucks, 110 bucks. Uh, so the thought was like, we're going to sit it out for a while, maybe vacation next summer. But you know me, I'm sitting there looking on the computer every day, like, all right, well, if we go this if we go this Thursday to Sunday uh, in November, you know, we can sure. we can sneak a trip in and the flights are cheap. And so I don't know. I, I don't know where we're going to go again. But um, part of the the reason of explaining all that is most of the time when we're going on a Disney trip, we know what our next Disney trip is. I really appreciated this trip even more because I felt like we snuck one in and we were able to pull this off. And I really don't know when my next trip's going to be. Yeah. So it, it kind of is like, all right, I'm going to really soak it in, really enjoy these moments because uh, I'm refreshing the Disney battery and I don't know when it's going to get to recharge again. Right. Well said. That's, that's interesting. Um, for me, you on the other hand have seven trips already uh, in the next eight months. I only have one official trip booked and that's the October one, which is a combination of work <laughs> and Halloween stuff. Um, I normally go to this conference in January, so we'll see if that happens. But for me, you're right, Dean, the Delta variant was more prevalent when I was there in August, but I did have the breakthrough COVID infection a few weeks prior, which I talk about on our previous episode of Stuff We Love podcast on the solo show. But um, I felt an extra degree of protection then, and my, my kids got it too. So I'm, assu- I, I'm assuming it was the Delta variant I got because I'm vaccinated and with one of the, with the Pfizer vaccine and it evaded that. So the Delta variant has shown an ability to do that, Uh, but I did have it. So I I had this boost to my immunity, Um, but it was something on our minds. And there were a couple of times on the trip where we didn't do things because we felt just uncomfortable doing it. Uh, The one thing I'll say is the night that we went to Narcoosis, which was the first night back in Disney, we ended up going to Epcot afterwards. And when we walked into Epcot, after not having been to the park since, in my case, it was January 2020. For the rest of the family, it was summer 2019. I, I know that people go a lot less frequently, 
so, and I'm being kind of spoiled when I say this, but not having been to a place that means so much to me personally, it was actually emotional. Like at one point I kind of just even stopped walking and I just kind of looked down and took it all in. Like I couldn't believe I was back. It was a very emotional, happy moment. And that night we did Spaceship Earth, Soren, Nemo, Living with the Land, just rides that we love and that bring us figment stuff that makes us happy. And it was so great to be back. It was a night I'll never forget when it comes to all of my Disney trips. Um, so it was great. It was very meaningful. And Nick, we well, live vicariously Nick. through you. Go ahead, Dean. I'm yeah, sorry. Nick, I say it's, no, it's, it's great to hear it and, and, and hear you talk about it. And it makes me remember like we, we did a rope drop to Soren uh, one morning when we went to Epcot and it's just like, it's almost like, you know, the, you're excited to remember what you already know and then yes. to experience it too. And so it just kind of brings back like all the memories of previous trips and living and enjoying in this moment that, I, you know, it, it had, it had been two years, which I, again, I know it's, it's not a long time, but for the way that we've typically traveled, it's a long time for us to have not gone. And it was, right. uh, it was awesome to go back and, and just be able to do that. And hopefully, and, and, and obviously we're, we're plenty past the trip now, you know, the whole time, hopefully thinking we're going to, we're doing this as safe as we can. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's the thing is as long as you're being responsible and right. like, for example, um, you and I talked about this before I went, uh, I know that Oga's Cantina is pretty tight space and they pack them in pretty tight there. Right. Um, and so we canceled that. We ended up not going that day. As did we, we and, canceled uh, as well. And, and I hate that we had to miss it, but, um, we had made the, I made the agreement to myself and then my wife really, and I really did talk about, you know, we're not going to push our comfort levels for that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Disney's going to be there and we'll go back and we will experience Ogas and it'll be a cool thing to experience when we finally get to. I'm with you hundred percent. And before Nick, I asked you to tell our listeners just a little bit about your upcoming trip. As we conclude the show tonight, I was going to just say that this trip also showed me, even though we were there for many days and nights, we really didn't spend a ton of time in the parks. Like we'd go at when the parks open, stay a couple hours and we'd be at the pool. We'd be at Disney Springs. It showed me how you could go to Disney and not do much at the parks and still have one of the greatest vacations you've been on. Cause there's so much to do down there. Uh, that's one of the lessons I've learned on this trip. So I could easily see taking multiple days off from going to the parks and just enjoying the hotel and shopping and dining and all the other stuff the area has to offer. And with that, Nick, what? Go ahead. It's a great, great segue to Nick's trip coming up, right? That's what I was setting that up. I was doing that. Yeah, beautiful setup. <laughs> you see, as it, when I started out podcasting, I could never pull that off. Now I got a little bit of experience. I was, I'm not as good as Paulie with the way he does the segues, but you know, that's. I could text him, see if you want him to join. <laughs> Tell him we're starting the show now. He did. Yeah, uh, I actually did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll tell you, I'm fading. I said, you guys want to do a, uh, Universal Orlando dining show now, <laughs> circa 1998. Do it. Just keep keep the party going all night long. Uh, the show's going off the rails, but but Nick, bring us bring us home. Bring us. Uh, tell us about your trip. I, it's just a two day resort stay. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to any parks. Um, and it's a different. I'll be there for three nights. It's a different resort every night. Um, I'm DVC member, so I it was hard to piece um, one place. There was uh to piece um to get three rooms in one resort so i just picked three different ones right um what's your order so i'm at um boardwalk the first night 
Old Key West the second night and Boulder Ridge the third night. And I'll be in Boulder Ridge probably for about three hours because I have to get on the bus to Magical Express at like 2.30 in the morning because my flight out Sunday is like 5.30 in the morning. That's early. Yeah. Have you stayed at Boulder Ridge before? Um, well, we're, um, our home resort is Copper Creek, so we've walked all around in, in Boulder Ridge. I just haven't been in any of the rooms, so we right. haven't stayed there, but we've walked the the grounds and everything. We actually, we bought our contract on a Disney cruise, and when we, we were doing one day at Disney World after the cruise, just as kind of a, a calm down before we flew flew back home, and we actually took a tour of Copper Creek and all that, and she took us through um, Boulder Ridge as well on that little tour. Um, but I'm just going to um, probably spend some time at the pool, probably a bar or two, and then uh, Disney Springs, and hopefully try one of those uh, places you guys recommended. Yeah. Have you stayed Old Key it West is. before? No. The only one that I've stayed at before is uh, of the three is Boardwalk. Okay. I'm very curious when you stay at Old Key West, because I stayed there, uh, how you compare it to Saratoga Springs based on your experiences there. I've, I've hung out at Old Key West, um, I've eaten at Olivia's, um, but um, I haven't stayed there. So yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, right. I'll see because I've just had to have experience with the lobby area, right. <laughs> that building, that's the, the stuff around there. I haven't seen the whole resort right. and, I, and I've heard the rooms are huge. They are. It was the first. And then they start scaling the rooms back. We get all the way to the they're, Riviera they're one where it's a fold-out bed and a bathroom. Right. <laughs> the the, the two-bedroom at Old Key West is bigger than my first uh, place that I owned. Wow. Literally. Yeah, I think, it's, it's big. I, let me see. Hang on. Um, yeah, Boardwalk and... Um, uh, Boulder Ridge are studios and Old Key West is a one bedroom. So I'll be uh, by myself in a big one bedroom. That's, that's a great, I mean, it's like having a house. <laughs> you, might, you might get lost. I might, I might get lost. Um, well, but yeah, just a little couple day relaxation, meet up with a couple friends I haven't seen in two over, over two years. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And that's exactly what, what we're talking about, that you're not going to the parks when you're down there, but you're still going to have an awesome time with plenty to see and do and, and eat. Um, so wish you a good trip. That's really great. I was just there. I'm jealous of your, your trip. <laughs> Literally just, just drove in. Well, anyhow, guys, anything <laughs> you want to add or shall we go to wrap up? I'm good. No, this was fun. This is fun because it's a long episode. I said we skipped the traditional stuff we love segment that normally is found at the episode at this point, but we'll be back to that uh, on our next episode. Uh, before I tell you where we could find stuff, where you could find stuff we love podcast on the internet, uh, guys, tell us a little bit about where we could find you. Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter sometimes. I rarely tweet anymore, but uh, at Nick Way Mania. That's about it. Dean? Uh, you can also find Nick on the oh, yeah. Butter and Bacon podcast. Where <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You can also find me. Uh, so we are Twitter's at Butter and Bacon, and uh, we do talk about the good stuff of Disney, including things that make Nick happy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find Adventures Out There Travel on Twitter. We're A-I-O-T Travel. Or you can email me, Dean, at adventureisouttheretravel.com. And I am CT underscore Mickey underscore man on Twitter. And uh, we'll probably bother you with Disney or sports-related topics and banter. All good stuff. And uh, I'll give a plug to the most recent Butter and Bacon episode, which was an emergency episode in light of the Genie Plus news. And uh, everyone did a great job covering that. So I really enjoyed that episode and encourage our listeners to check it out. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at ScottyBoy4. Stuff We Love Podcast is on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. On Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be posting more on there. We just posted a time-lapse video of Sunrise at Los Portofino at Universal. Um, it's really great. This is Universal Orlando. And um, we have a Facebook page as well. And you can write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. And you can uh, find our official website, stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. And even though we haven't released any new episodes over the past couple of weeks, I was looking at the stats and uh, we really appreciate all the new subscribers and all the listens from around the globe, which means a lot. It's very cool. And uh, I guess that takes us where we have to be, gentlemen. And the so- <laughs> it's it's 1137 the and there's... <laughs> 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 yeah, I think Dean fell asleep. Uh, what would I do? We need Gideon. I, I will, do we need a coffee? Yeah, I need a cold I, brew. I, I need a I need a peanut butter cold brew to perk me up over here. Yeah, I gotta get to sleep. It's a late night. <laughs> but uh anyhow, I wish everyone well. It's good to be with you again. And we'll be back with more episodes of Stuff We Love Podcast soon. And we'll go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Nick. And I'm Dean. And this has been the Stuff We Love Podcast featuring two of the hosts of Butter and Bacon. Stay well, everyone. Thanks, Scott. You got it.